Oh, hello there. It's Fezric. Is this my voice? What a strange question to ask myself. I am here to thank our wonderful patrons. We all like you very much, and when I asked around on what you should do for someone who you like very much, Yuri told me that I should try to take them out on a date. I don't know what a date is, so I found my scrying crystal, which I named Guggle, after the sound that a frog makes when it learns something new and exciting. So here we go, what have we got here? 45 irresistible first date ideas that'll immediately break the ice. Very good, I do like to break the ice with you. So, Michael Appleby, Hudson Miles, and Robert Hawks, let us take a walk. Hmm, right off the bat, I don't like this one. Maybe we should do something else. Where I'm from, going for a casual walk usually means you get eaten by a giant spider or tricked by some sort of terrible goblin creature. How about this? Christopher Dunn Entertainment, Nick Scott, Ian Ford, and Gullitice. We should go thrift shopping. Wouldn't that be fun? I assume thrift is short for the rift, which I understand to be a big magic hole in the ground, so we could try to buy something for that. Maybe a cute sweater. Matthew Smets, Miri Rain. Chris Walsh and Christopher Bruce. Let us swap hobbies. That could be fun. You could take my hobby of carving spells into wood and cutting my hand and summoning lightning from the sky. And you could teach me what you do, like sexy pottery. I don't know any more hobbies. Mike Hammond, Michael Pollard, Jason Campbell, and Michelle B. Let's try trivia night. Hmm. I know lots of trivia, as long as the category is my dead mother's cabin in the woods. The Romantic, Noreen Elizabeth, Robert Andrews, and David Forsey. Let's escape an escape room. I mean, that doesn't sound too hard, a room built to be escaped. One time, my mother got extremely mad at me and banished me to a shadowy labyrinthine tunnel beneath the cabin. And after what felt like ten lifetimes, I did manage to escape, so I could be a good partner for this activity. Heather Baird, Cheryl Nash, Chelsea Dabb, and Shell Scott. Let's visit a neighborhood we've never been to. That could be fun, and another quite easy one for me, as I have never been to a neighborhood. So as long as we don't go to the two cabins that I have lived in, it's a whole new world out there for me. Well... Those are several questionable first date ideas. I hope someday we can do those things together. But for now, I am going to try to use blood magic to light those candles. Thank you for your patronage. Goodbye. Yuri Ditchdigger here to catch you up on what happened last week on Wonders and Blunders. The caravan crew ambushed some of Lilia's forces. A party of scouts, including terrible hound-like raven creatures, ridden by darkling elders. And they absolutely lit them up. Took them right out, whipped them down, cast light on them, and then beat the ever-loving hell out of them. I love it when a plan comes together. Meanwhile, in the undersea city of Kratok, Bree and Rowan have learned to activate the Cloud Gate, which seems to be jerry-rigged, to send them to Lotok, the city where the other storm giants escaped to. But the strange green light also showed them the party through the gate, giving them the message, your home, my freedom. But before they could take any action on that, they heard a crash as the barricade that they had built 
between the residential area and the cloud gate came crashing down in the next room. But for now, we rejoin the caravan crew standing among the ashes of their foes. On this week's episode of Wonders and Blunders. You set up and executed a wildly effective ambush <laughs> um, on a scouting party of darklings and these raven hounds that they were riding, uh, just completely decimating them. You set up the ambush. You did the ambush. I think that's really all. That's where we cut. Yeah. 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 Ben said it was the the spirit guardian was his was, was his dad, spe- right? spectral spectral father. Spectral <laughs> And Evan slash Valen forgot that <laughs> he's dead. You'd already told us about his death. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a year ago. In in the um, in the game, I think it was six days. <laughs> oh, right. it was it was the first day we were in the Marauding Pines. Yeah, because Ben was like, my dad was assassinated. I'm a, I have an Edge Lord backstory. I'm not proud about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm a werewolf, that too. And then that was because that day was the full moon. Beat my character, the Edgelord werewolf. <laughs> uh, I actually tricked myself into writing an Edgelord werewolf. It, 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 it all kind of happened. Like when I got to the end, I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, but piece by piece, I couldn't tell. Somehow, all of my characters just turn out to be Edgelord werewolves. I don't know what it is. <laughs> all right, Super sexy. <laughs> um, so you are uh, standing at the site of this ambush. All that remains of the creatures that were previously there are their ashes on the ground uh, and the various metal equipment that the Darklings were holding. It is still pretty early in the night, uh, a fairly a fairly clear and quiet night. You're standing sort of in between where the ghostly dead trees of the Aetherlock meet the fuller trees at the start of the pines that lead into the Rotten Pines. Was that all we had to do tonight? Or um, were we scouting for something in particular? <laughs> I think it was pretty good just for tonight, uh... right? No. We came out here to... We, we, we have to go investigate the, the river. Yes, we were hoping to determine whether or not we can use the river. Okay. All right. I mean, that's, I feel like pretty hungry now after that fight, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we had information from whom and the, and the birds, people's birds, that there were two exits for the river... And they both looked potentially promising. Yeah. yeah. So there was a stream that was leading into into the hot springs. Right. Uh, and then another one that looked like it went underground came out in the Aetherlock itself. Yeah, we didn't get any distinguishing information beyond just that. No, no. Then you decided to do the ambush to deal with tonight so that the cabin would be safe. Yeah. And to maybe thin out some of the resistance inside. Yeah. Once you got in there. And uh, also and, then... and also to remove any scouting so that we could examine the entrance points. Yes. Yeah. Do we know which one of those streams is closest? Yeah. Okay. Closest would be the hot springs. Let's go. Let's, he- let's head there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, what a cool... Do adventure! Cool... <laughs> that was a super cool fight, guys, too. Like, we blew them up. Star, you were doing 
like your backflips when you got the guy when you dropped out of the tree and carry your lightning was awesome again it's pretty great isn't it i'm having <laughs> a lot of fun with it and phelan did you shoot ice into their mind uh, yes it, it, it it's an experiment i've been working on um a combination of a uh, message and um my my ice spikes and it uh proved quite effective that's creepy that you can put your spells together like that well, you know, with with a bit of practice and a bit of experimentation, uh, many things are possible. Cool. It looks like my my prayers are working, so that's really cool. Like my magic's getting stronger. It does seem that way. So to the stream, I guess. As we leave the clearing, Starlock sticks his hand out, and the dagger flies back into his hand. And as you make your way through the trees, they start to clear out again. You start to see the fog of the hot springs spreading out in front of you, obscuring the trees in front as you have to make your way around smaller pools. As you make your way through, at first it is just fog, the bright moon in the sky reflecting off of all this fog around you. And, and as you make your way through again, this, this tentative dance of figures through the fog starts to move about you. Again, it, uh, moving in as if curious, and then as you get close, swirling off, and just becoming featureless fog. Just sort of like nods, I nod hello to one or two of the wispy figures. (laughs) And making your way in, uh, you see what you are looking for. I think with with Boom's information, you can see that from above, you can hear the trickle of a waterfall. Not Not a huge waterfall, but nonetheless one that is pouring from the mountain into the hot springs. And you would say that it's like a roughly eel-sized? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Moving up to it and inspecting it, it, w- it might be downright roomy for an eel, depending on the size of the eel. Okay. Um, yeah. It is. It, it sort of comes down in uh, like several small waterfalls, just stepping down like a gradient into the hot springs. Cool. But, that, but at the top of it, like, are we at, can we climb yeah. up to the, the top of it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, it's not that far up, but the, the rock wall does sort of, jut up straight in front of you. Uh, But with these little graded steps, you're able to climb up on each one uh, until you find a still pool (laughs) of cold water coming from the inside of the mountain that is slowly overflowing and making this little waterfall. So it looks like the the source is somewhere in the rock face, like within the Yeah, you can see light ripples of a current of water coming out from underground. I'll cast Arcane Eye. Okay. And I'll use my Divination expertise. Um, since that's a divination spell of level four, I'll regain a third level spell. Slot. Uh, wow, that's really handy. <laughs> divination is just so easy. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I'll I'll send the invisible eye sort of down into the water um, and start scanning for a um, opening. Can I do a perception check around just to, make, just to make sure that we're not being snuck up upon? Yes, of course. And what senses does the arcane eye have? Arcane eye has normal vision and dark vision out to 30 feet. It can look in every direction. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, okay, like, I that sounded that's impressive, confusing. but so can I. <laughs> <laughs> Left, uh, right, up, and down? <laughs> also in and out. I can look out, but not in. <laughs> right? Look out. Uh, I got 17 on my perception check as well. Uh, 17, yeah, a very still night. And from up here, you are above 
most of the fog. It seems to be creeping down the, the warmer water beginning below. So you do have a good view over it as you can see the fog drifting out onto parts of the Aetherlock quite a distance away. No movement around except for the dancing figures in the mist. Got it. The arcane eye in the water as you go in, uh, as it appears, a few fish dart away from it. It's invisible. They are totally normal. They're doing regular <laughs> fish stuff. <laughs> as it moves past them. Does it move through them? Like if it bumps into them, can they be scared? Uh, no, a solid barrier blocks its movement. But it can Okay, the through. solid barrier of a fish blocks the movement for a moment of the eye as it bumps into it. And then they are scared and swims away for the visuals that I'm picturing in my head. And as they do, they swim out of the way, uh, revealing a small tunnel. The current pushing against the eye, slowing its movement slightly as it starts to push into the tunnel. The tunnel inside seems to snake upwards. What's the range on the arcane eye? Um, so I can move it 30 feet as an action, and there's there's no limit on how far away it can move. No limit, okay. So how long do you, do you want to try and go all the way up? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to be able to sort of see, A, can we fit through this the whole way in? And where inside might this um, emerge? Okay. Um, so just do, uh, I guess, do like an intelligence check. Um, just to remembering based on like what whom told you and where you know this area is. Because as you move forward, you see that the, the streams do branch off in different directions. It seems multiple come from different parts of the mountain to meet up here. I rolled a two for a total of six. Six? Okay. So you are making your way through. It is really difficult. It's a, it's labyrinthine in here as the eye moves forward. I would say for an hour, you would be moving the eye around, having to like double back a few times from passages getting too small for even the eye to fit. So, you know, like a creature probably wouldn't be able to get through having to double back as, as just you come to another opening, which is facing in just the wrong direction. But eventually you do manage to get to a point that you see the uh, it opens up into a cavern of water. And as the arcane eye raises up out of the water, you can see there are a bunch of waterfalls pouring in to this cavern. And just a little ways up, uh, probably five or six feet above the water, you can see one of the tunnels that leads in here is almost choked with vines. The tunnel itself, if not for the vines, would be big enough for you to crawl through with the vines uh the eye can fit through and i i think you can tell an eel would be able to fit through mm -hmm. uh but you wouldn't be able to crawl in and if that's taken an hour to get there it's taken an hour but bringing it back it would only take about 20 minutes once you well, know the route the the eye only lasts one hour oh the eye only lasts one hour okay uh i i think you'd be able to put together the, the correct route like most of that was just that you um you got lost. Right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. It's taking forever. <laughs> Valen's eyes sort of like lose the sort of like purplish uh, tint to the iris. Uh, and he uh, sort of blinks a couple times and, and turns to look at e each of you. Well, I believe I've found the the route inside. I was able to locate a, um, a tunnel blocked by bramble. Hmm. Kara's sitting down lower, dipping her feet in, like, one of the hot puddles, or warmer puddles. Is it going to take an hour to get in? 
No, um, uh, a fair bit of that time was was me getting uh, lost within the the tunnels. Um, but the the route looks like it should be about twenty minutes. And uh, you think we'll be able to get through the tunnels with the vines? It would be a challenge for us. We might need to cut our way through, or or perhaps our um, chosen method of transportation might be able to reach on on its own. Okay. I'm assuming we're we're still keeping some details <clears throat> sparse until the morning. Should we go investigate the other entrance, or do you think that this one will suffice? I think it might be uh, worthwhile for us to get some rest before we embark on this journey. I know I'm I'm certainly spent. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm I'm pretty tired. Uh, ben like stands up and rolls his shoulders, where he was hunched on a rock for an hour. Well, I, I would say all in all, this evening was a great success. Hmm. <laughs> it's a pretty good fight. Some valuable intel. Well. Let's uh, head back and uh, try and get some sleep. Okay. This way. Uh, off we go. Like <laughs> awkwardly trying to lead the, uh, the group. <laughs> yeah, so uh, fairly easily making your way back the way that you came, uh, eventually coming out through the dead trees around the Aetherlock. You see the cabin yeah, is pacing around kind of in a circle. You can see up on the parapets of it are Diglin and Yuri. Uh, and Fezric, all sort of standing at the ready, keeping a lookout. They spot you coming out of the trees, uh, and the cabin comes over and lowers itself down, not digging into the ground, but allowing you to enter through the gate. And uh, Diglin meets you at the gate. Uh, how'd it go? Well, Quite well. We we killed several of the Darklings and um, their little raven dogs. Well done. Uh, we saw the pops from here. Yeah, um, the dogs were actually pretty creepy. A bit intimidating, certainly. Hey, we also found an entrance. One that, uh, one that is uh, not, not protected. Things have been quiet out here since you left. I think you got the only patrol, uh, unless they're very hidden. Nothing uh, came out and watched us. Uh, we should discuss when we're planning to hit tomorrow. I guess I'll need some time to um, prepare any spells that uh, you think I'll need in, hmm. in the morning. I would say up early, breakfast... Preparations and yes, there we go. Off we go. Yes, I agree. Are there any leftovers? And Ben like starts kind of lightly jogging over to the uh, the the larder and like rummaging through. Yuri is uh, like packing stuff up over there. As you come over, he just kind of uh, tosses you a bunch of nuts and berries that he has in a ziploc bag. <laughs> more more Yuri mix. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, you love Yuri Mix. I don't. I don't love Yuri Mix. We ran out of chocolate chips. That's the best part I of know. the Yuri Mix. Yeah, well, d- d- just imagine it. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, come, c- come here, Benjamin. And uh, I'll cast uh, Prestidigitation over your uh, Yuri Mix and t- make some of them taste like chocolate. See, see now this is, this is good magic. <laughs> and <laughs> Yuri, co- Yuri goes over and waves his hands over it and goes like woogly woogly and then uh, a bunch of illusory chocolate chips appear <laughs> among it <laughs> it's all it's almost like the real thing <laughs> if we get this done then we can go somewhere where they sell chocolate chips oh real chocolate do you guys you don't have a spell that can make like raisins feel like they melt in your mouth unfortunately no hmm mm. 
I mean, we get somewhere warmer and you wait a few days, they will. These are pretty old raisins. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remind us. Uncle, Uncle Yuri, I, uh, I saw my dad. Uh, I, I summoned him with, with magic. Oh. Yeah, it was, it, it wasn't, I think it was like a, his spirit, but he helped us, uh, he helped us fight the, um, the Darklings. Well, that, I mean, that much doesn't surprise me. He was always quite helpful. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice he has quite again. the flair. He does indeed. He was a lot of, I mean, a lot of showmanship, but he could back it up. He certainly uh, gave gave those darklings the what for. Yeah, he was one of the one of the most gifted spellcrafters I've ever seen. He was really good at magic, but I think his he preferred um, blacksmithing. It looked like he was a lot of fun. He was. He was. It's really funny. I do not know what your parents saw in each other. But they both brought a lot of personality to all of our trips. Yeah, yeah, um, I think I'm going to go to bed. And Ben just, like, puts the trail mix down and, uh, walks away. Uh, who's, should we all take a watch tonight? And, okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'll be up regardless, so, uh. Are, are you coming with us tomorrow? Yeah. And you don't need to rest? Haven't been getting much sleep. Mm. Not much point in trying. If you're not at your best tomorrow, we're already down. A few people. Um, I will lend my aid. Whom's just on the <laughs> edge of the cabin? All right. Well, I'll I'll try to sleep during his watch. <laughs> <laughs> Little one, on your watch, perhaps flying lessons are in order. And he's looking at Kara. Ah. Uh, maybe? To take the shape of the bird and not know the caress of the wind is a shame. I'm, I'm sure I'll get it eventually, but I think, I think tonight is, uh, it's more important to focus on, on the watch. Yes, of course. Of course. Who fluffs up feathers and kind of settles down. Okay, so who wants to take first watch? I will. Kara and whom? <laughs> yes. Uh, so Diglin does actually go into the cabin, and she climbs into bed, taking out those wooden cards again and sort of running her hands over them. But the two hawks stay outside, circling around and assisting with the watch. So Kara, you can make a perception check with advantage. Okay. I'm going to be an owl for this, just because I like the dark vision. Mm -hmm. Rolled a three and a 17, which makes for a 24. 24, okay. So throughout the night, you there are no more patrols. The cabin itself stays up, uh, unrooted from the ground, kind of swaying every once in a while and wandering, seemingly curious checking things out, but you don't get any hint of any sort of hound watching you from the shadows or darklings uh, observing you from above with clear sight lines and a clear night. You feel very confident that nothing is watching you. But you do hear Diglin, who is 
sort of groaning and mumbling from inside the cabin. Hmm. Does she sound like she's having a nightmare? Yes. Yeah, I think I'd go and wake her up. As you make your way into the cabin, still as an owl? If I can get the door open. <laughs> uh, I think if you, how would you try to get the door open? Uh, I think I would like do like a flutter hop to try and attach myself to the to the latch with my claws and like yeah, hang off go. of it. That's <laughs> it. Four birds standing at the door. <laughs> yeah. uh, so just make uh, either strength or dexterity check. Okay, whatever's better for the owl. As an owl. Uh, I'm who's, who's, find who's, who's, who's trying to here. help? Does that? Uh... Yeah. Okay. Take uh, <laughs> take advantage. Take disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've seen these used. You turn the round thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining it as a latch, so that I like a like a Have lever. A yeah. <laughs> I think depending on how this check goes, we'll finally canonize what kind of door this is. <laughs> <laughs> the people have been wondering the for so long. Have been demanding to yeah. know <laughs> what kind of door is it? It flooded our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I really love contrasting whatever is happening in like the depths of the ocean. With the others, with us, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, let's get this door let's open. Four birds so trying to open use a door. Owl. I yeah. rolled a two, which makes it a three. <laughs> oh, God, that's a round doorknob. Roundest you've ever seen. <laughs> with advantage? <laughs> uh, do I, I don't think you have advantage for having who help me, do I? You, you do, you do. Oh, the, okay. the two of you. All right. Well, I rolled another two. (laughs) It was meant to be. It's because we canonized the door. We we made that mistake. So it is a doorknob. uh, So your little owl claws just scrabbling against the bronze of it. So I give up, turn back into myself, and uh, go and wake up. Dig one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So opening the door, you open the door and go to step inside the cabin, but kind of stop as you... Where you're actually stepping is into the steady stream. Where you haven't been in quite some time. And looking behind you, instead of seeing the walls of the mimic, you see Pinnafel. By night, all the houses the same way that they were when you left. The window of the haunted mansion smashed out. Uh, A few lanterns on, but it seems like mostly the sleepy town. Uh, if Hoom's on her Kara's shoulder, does he see this too? No. Hoom feels Kara stop as the door opens, but you look in, you just see Diglin asleep in bed. When I g- go into the study stream, do I see Diglin there? You do. Diglin is behind the bar. Uh, she has both of her eyes, no bandages, and she's cleaning a stein. And as you come in, she says, oh, hello. Uh, it's a little late. I don't have any food on, but we do have a room if you're looking for it. Um, uh, I, I wasn't expecting to be here. Well, we all find ourselves somewhere we don't expect to be at some point. This is just the kind of place to find yourself, if that's the case. Um, I thought maybe you were having a nightmare? More of a dream, if anything. Quiet night. Warm fires. Um... I think I try and, like, scratch my hand and see if, like, I'm awake. 
You feel it when you scratch your hand. This is all wrong. Um, I, I, I should be, I should be in camp at, at the Queen Mimic. Well, maybe you can make your way in the morning. Take a seat for now. We have a bed if you want it. Uh, but I, I could help you get geared up if you want to head out tonight. I think I'm going to turn around and try and walk out the door. Uh, you turn around and you walk into a massive spider web and get caught. Good. And then the groaning, which whom you can hear, starts to intensify. And you hear it from Diglin now in the steady stream. And she's saying, no, 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 no. This isn't you. It's not you. You, we, we're better. We're better than this. You don't have to. Please stop. And as you look up, you see Bridget above descending from the ceiling down towards you. Bridget, it's nice to see you. What is your intention with that? Uh, just to distract her from being a predator, I think. Uh, so make it uh, make, roll with your spellcasting modifier. So 14 plus 4 is 18. 18? You say that to Bridget and you drop back to your feet. The spider web disappears and Bridget is no longer above you. And when you look over, Diglin has stopped groaning and talking under her breath. And she is sitting at the table across from Bridget. And Bridget is showing her weaving techniques, no longer in her spider form. And the two of them, it's like they've forgotten you're there. Weird. And as you think that, things snap, and you are back standing in the mimic cabin, and Diglin is sound asleep. Well, um, that was really strange. Who? When I, uh, when I came in the door, what did I do? What did she do? <laughs> stand, stand still. Uh, make a perception check. Uh, 13. 13? She came inside. She stood still, staring at Diglin. You, I think your attention was pulled to Diglin as her nightmare seemed to intensify. Uh, and both of you feel a, a shudder of like pins and needles, like a moment of cold, as if some strange breeze passes over you and then is gone. Strange. Strange magic at work again. Did anything look strange or did it look like you expected when we came in? Looked much the same. The cabin, the diglin, experiencing terror, terror in the sleep. And you stood shock still. Ah. Can I, can I tell if, if that happened, like, externally to me, or, like, if it was something that happened to me, or if it's something that, like, I stepped into? Like, uh, is it, was it, like, an internal or an external force on me? Is that something I can tell? I don't think so. You've never really felt, but you never felt not like you. Okay. In that, in that whole 
thing. It felt surreal and you could feel like you can still feel the sensation of the webs. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, when you talked to Bridget, you felt very in control. Okay. I think I might need some more help with the watch. Um, I'm going to go and wake up uh, Valen. Valen? Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, what is it, Kara? Is, is there trouble? Um, well, I, I think I, I need you to take over the watch. Um, I'm, um, something happened. I should probably tell you about. What is it? I haven't seen anything outside, um, but Diglin was having a nightmare. And when I came in, I was going to wake her up. But uh, I think instead of walking in the door, I think I walked into her dream. When I came through the door, it was like, instead of coming into the cabin, I was coming into the inn, the steady stream. Incredible. Bridget was attacking me, or was about about to attack me, and I, I talked her out of it, and then... It seemed to shift into a different kind of dream or something. I, I wonder if if Lilia's influence on you has has granted you some part of her ability to influence dreams. Most curious. I I I couldn't tell if it was I felt like I was in control, but I, I couldn't tell if it was me or if it was something outside of me, if you know what I mean. Sometimes when we act on instinct, it it feels as though it's coming from without, when in, in fact it's, it's our most primal being, our, our truest selves acting. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, hopefully it wasn't anything Lilia would be aware of, but um, I, I thought I probably need help for the watch and I should get some sleep so I can guess. It sounds to me that you've done admirably. If you've granted Diglin a a restful night, we'll all have you to thank when we make it out of tomorrow alive. Well, I, I hope it worked. Get some sleep. I'll I'll keep an eye on things. I'll accompany you. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, uh, whom 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 jumps off uh, Kara's shoulder and lands on yours. <laughs> oh, careful your, your talents. Oh, is that better? Is that yes? How, I, how's I'm that? Not wearing, not wearing armor. The, the oh, you should. They're very thin. Okay, so uh, Valen and whom taking over watch? You, uh, you can make a perception check. Will do. You can either both do it, or Valen can do it with advantage. Uh, Valen with advantage, I think. Valen with advantage. Um, so that is a sixteen. 16? Uh, yeah, the, the watch goes by without any incident. Uh, again, like, looking around in the trees, the mimic has calmed down a fair bit. I think towards the end of your watch, uh, the sky starts to brighten in the distance, um, just coming into... You're, you're probably, like, two hours away from first light. But... Definitely nothing watching you as the trees start to light up in the distance. There's, yeah, complete stillness. Yeah, I would, even, I would also cast uh, Sea Invisibility uh, once or twice throughout the watch. Cast Sea Invisibility? Yeah, it lasts an hour when I cast it. So, like, just sort of scattering that throughout the watch to cover two hours worth. Uh, 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 would you cast it, like, as soon <laughs> as you 
<laughs> came came uh, out. How long is the watch? <laughs> uh, a, a watch is four usually hours, four right? hours. Yeah. Four hours? Uh, then no, I probably wouldn't cast it right away. I'd probably wait about an hour and then cast it and then watch for an hour and then wait another hour and then cast it the second time for the final hour. Okay. So you do not, uh, yeah, you're, you're very confident. Nothing here or on the ethereal plane uh, watching you. Great. And yeah, if when that's done, um, I'll probably go and wake up Star. Uh, also, uh, Yuri and Fezrik are there. Fe- Fezrik, like, barely having to sleep. Uh, they uh, And Yuri being up, getting ready, hearing that you're going to get started early, has already started oh, on breakfast. I don't wake up Star then. And yeah, so they're 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 like, oh yeah, oh yeah, we we can uh, we can keep an eye out. Sounds pretty quiet out there. Yeah, I think if you go into the caravan, you see like Star asleep on the bed, and like dust like asleep just on top of him, just like out like with his butt sticking up. Adorable. Um, then yeah, then I uh, just get my last uh, sort of two hours of sleep in. All of you rising pretty early, um, w- wanting to get up sort of before the sun has fully risen. You go out to see Yuri has started a breakfast and you can all take your long rest pick my spells rolls importance also gonna prepare my spells let's see here i'm also preparing my spells <laughs> equip knife equip knife <laughs> go fast <laughs> see spell, i've equipped no limit. run and i've equipped jump and i've equipped stab yeah, <laughs> I look up from my my like divination in the morning, and I say, "Well, someone is going to have a very bad day." <laughs> we see Valen's orb reflecting the falling snowflakes around them. Those snowflakes begin to glow blue, and become the swirling motes of energy falling from the broken cube in Kratok as Bree and Rowan look towards the sound of their smashed barrier in the next room. When you were making your way back to the Cloud Gate with the intention of going to Latok through it, I believe, you heard ahead of you your barricade get smashed. So now you are standing in the armory. The lights are mostly on, but the cube in this room is still smashed making these blue moats come down from the ceiling Mm -hmm. Um, so you are surrounded by this dancing blue light you hear the smash what do you do one clarification question Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Bree you have the the thunder key right Uh, yes because we recharged it in the forge and I got electrocuted in the process yeah right okay I think upon hearing the smash, Bree would just look at Rowan and then start racing forward full speed. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, trying to, with the sword over one shoulder, the axe over the other, and kind of like looking at the two of them like, uh, which one do I use? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah, well, you know, let's see. Uh, let's welcome our new friends. Uh, so rushing into this next residential area, you see the... The, the same scene that you left, you had quickly turned this place over and taken a more extensive search through while looking for things to barricade. And the room sits exactly the same as it did before. Uh, but you see your barricade shattered all over the ground. And from behind the fountain, 
you see slowly standing up this huge humanoid figure, long white hair streaming out from under this metallic helmet, streaming over these large pauldrons, this blue-gray face and skin standing up over this, like, beautifully made chainmail cuirass. On its back, a large, twisted, two-handed sword with a notch seemingly kinked into the middle of it, making it resemble a lightning bolt. It stands up holding some of the pieces from the houses that you tore out to use to make this barricade. Uh (laughs) And it is looking down at them sadly. I would actually skid, I think, to a halt um, immediately. Like, I had to sort of, the whip kind of behind me, uh, like I'm getting ready to pitch it. Uh, I skid to a halt, kind of size him up, and uh, sort of loop the the whip kind of behind my back around the the holster I usually use for my uh, my hand crossbow, just kind of loop it around behind me. And I see him sadly sizing up those pieces. And uh, oh, uh, I'm sorry if if those are from your home. Uh, uh, hopefully, you can understand that that we kind of wanted to keep those creatures out of what looked like you know their uh, little nest in there. And you're saying this in giant? Yeah. And this giant's head, this storm giant, the first time you've seen one sort of fully in the flesh, standing up, having only really seen the chained legionnaire's face, Mm. just the impressive, incredible size of him, just making this whole room look normal in, in its proportions, turns to you, and immediately their look of sadness darkens to anger. Thieves, intruders, picking over the bones of a tomb. How dare you set foot in this place? Okay, uh, I definitely understand why you'd feel that way. And, and I've got my hands up now, um, but I'm still like upright. I'm still facing him. I just have my hands sort of palms out. I understand why you'd feel that way. You should know we didn't come here by choice. We were pulled through some sort of portal, and now we're just looking for a way out of your your nice city here. We, in that search, we we uncovered things that that maybe you were hoping to keep covered, and and I understand that might be frustrating, but... uh, He steps forward, this huge, like, metal boot, just crushing one of the tables that you had set out, just turning it into a fine powder as his hand, like, reaches up towards the sword and unsheaths it as it pulls away from his back. Lightning starts leaping from the armor to the blade of the sword. Uh, okay. Rowan, I, Rowan, space... please tell them we are not, uh, we are friends. We are, we, 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 we came with axe. We came to return axe. Yeah, exactly. And I, I sort of got my feet spaced a little bit now, like kind of diagonal, like ready to kind of dodge and jump if I need to, but still palms out. Yeah, as you can see, my friend here, as an axe that we're returning. Now, this this belongs to a Ma's graph, and he currently resides in a cave right now. There's not much he can do about that, but he asked us to fetch his axe. The axe led to... Well, it's a long story, and I don't want to tell it to you while you're brandishing your own sword there, but uh, we're here to return items, not take them. Uh, and he points the sword at Bree and just says, You drop that. It is not for your hands. Okay, Bree, he, he suggests you lay that down quickly and carefully. 
Uh, and, 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 and Bree kind of, like, puts it down on the ground, like, axe head on the ground, kind of holding on to the top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, uh, <laughs> and just says, uh, my, uh, my mus, mus, musgrave, he friend, he... <laughs> Yeah, in in giant, right? Like the runes that we kind of went over through those uh, those things, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to say friend. I don't think, but yeah, says that in, okay. in common, hoping that he understands any of it. Okay, uh, uh, that word means means friend. I, I say in giant, uh, this axe, let him let him hear. There's an emotional uh, bond between the two of those entities now, and he's well, he, he's bringing it home. You fouled the axe like you fouled this place. Return from whence you came. I don't know how long you've been in here or, or how much of this city you've seen, but it's been pretty fouled already by creatures far beyond what we are. And I, I think, the, and I kind of gesture at the frozen tableau and the tentacles and the, the green lights and all of the creatures. If you think we're the worst things in this city, then I, I, I'm wondering maybe if your eyesight's not so good. Uh, so the, gr- the green light right now isn't shining. Okay. So outside is just darkness. But he, at, when you point out through the windows, he looks in that direction and then tears his head away and shakes it. You can see there's like he is boiling oh, over so with anger at this point. He says, "This place is dead. It is a tomb, and it will remain a sacrament to those who were lost. We do not think of it any longer. You dare activate the gate and give us hope." Oh, I see. I see. So, so your anger. I see the source of this now. We didn't mean to, to unbury the dead. We, uh, well, in fact, we, we, this whole time we've been paying tribute in our way. The craftsmanship and, and the community that's obvious, even, even in their ghosts, honestly is awe-inspiring. And we certainly don't mean any disrespect, and we certainly don't mean any desecration. In fact, I, I think there's a certain peace of mind to be taken from from the lessons something like this can give to anybody who sees it. And, uh, well, I understand that you're you're angry. I don't think we need to fight about it. I, I think if you show us how, we'll just leave. But, uh, I, I'm sorry for your loss. You will turn back. You will go out the way you came in, or I will cast your bodies into the sea to be forgotten. The only lesson to be learned here is that your kind are not welcome. Gazing Mm. upon this is, of course, impressive to you. It is not for you. Mm, Yeah, okay, I I see why you put up all these walls. And Bree, you feel like sparks shooting off of the axe, sort of reaching out towards you, and you start to feel an anger building up from the axe. And looking at this creature, you start to just hear whispers from the axe. The same when it was calling out to go home. It's it's trying to communicate with you again. Oh, I, I, I do not think he is friends with Mosgrav. The axe seems angry at him. What is he saying? Well, he's saying he wants us out. He's not... Uh, well, we want mm, out. Yeah, he's telling us to leave through the way we came. Uh, and this whole time, I'm like sort of like kind of side on. So I've got one hand up to the giant and I'm like speaking back over my shoulder to Bree. Uh, I think I'd, I'd look just up to the giant and be like, 
he, he is not fish. He's not good for him out in water. Uh, we cannot come back where we came. Uh, he, he's confusing. We come through kind of like this, pointing to the cloud gate. We yeah. work for Storm Giant. He's uh, uh, Muskrof, he's his friend. Uh, we get key, we kill Frost Giant. Uh, and, and like, would, would kind of fold the uh, the cloak over and try to, like, hold up the rune on the back of the, the wolf cloak. Mm-hmm. That gets his attention. Whipping his head to you, his hand tightens around the hilt of the axe, and he swings it forward. Uh, both of you can make a dex save. Oh, my God. 16. Oh, that's advantage. Tough. Oh, 17. Wait. Yeah, that's right. Does he? Oh, wait. He looks like a, a storm regular. giant, not a frost Three. giant, right? He is definitely a storm giant, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I got a, a 14. 14? Okay, so those are both failures. 17 is a failure? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> As you take. So, is this one of those things where success halves the damage sort of idea? Yeah. Okay, so I take half damage even if I fail it, and I would take no damage if I passed it as a rogue. So Okay, so it's 14 lightning damage as this, from the blade of the axe, just this lightning, this line of lightning just fires down between the two of you. Both of you able to, you know, you throw the cloak up. You're able to step backwards a little bit, Rowan, and take cover behind this statue that clearly this lightning would have hit you otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I actually do like a... Like a dive and roll in behind the the tower, the statue. He says, you dare bring the Frost Legion's goods into this place. All we wanted was peace and safety from them, and yet they hunt us even now. Yeah, with an attitude like that, that's a real wonder. This is the last time I will say it. Return the way you came or die. And I, uh... I, I, I guess my shoulders sort of droop and my eyebrows kind of go down. Yeah. Well, that's not a possibility, so I, I guess this is going to have to play out the other way. And, and I'll pull the whip out from behind my back as well and, and just sort of brace myself for what's coming. Bree is in an aggressive growl after that lightning bolt and just brandishing Kabul in her hands. Okay, roll initiative. Thank you for listening to another episode of Wonders and Blunders. Ben and Whom were played by Mitchell Bradbury. Bree was played by Kieran Dyke. Kara was played by Kate Clark. Rowan was played by Andy Woolridge. Star was played by Robert. Phelan was played by Evan Walsh. The world of Fadoon was created by your dungeon mom, Mike Fardy, and exists in the D&D 5e system published by Wizards of the Coast. Our logo was created by Mike Butler, and our character art was created by Mike Fian and Brett Pye. Available links to the players and artists can be found in the show notes. Go check them out. We're an independent podcast supported by you, the listener. To support the show, go check out patreon.com slash wonderandblunder, leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice, and follow us on social media at wonderandblunder. Thanks for continuing to listen and spreading the word. It means the world to us. And as always, keep being the best. We love you very much, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.